Hello, everyone. It's Vic here. Your <laughs> friendly Vic from the curve. Uh, I have a favor to ask you. You know, Soph, she beavers away super hard at doing all the production of the podcast. And she recently told me that a very, very, very tiny percent of you, 2% of you, follow or subscribe to this podcast. And I nearly fell off my seat. I was like, what are the 98% doing? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say to you, please, please, please click follow or subscribe, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, because it really, really helps us in terms of producing a bigger and better podcast for you. So also, actually, it means that you won't miss out on any episodes, which heaven forbid you should. You'd have nothing to talk about at work. And it takes two seconds and you could have done it by now. Gosh, I sound like my dad. Yeah. But it's true. It's a very quick and easy thing and it helps us so much. So if you wouldn't mind, we'd really love that. Thank you. Welcome to the Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. That's why the Curve was created. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest, and understand everything to do with the world of investing. Don't expect to be an expert on day one. No question is a silly question. If you're asking it, so is everyone else. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. Normally, I'm somewhat prepared for these episodes, but I haven't even looked at your notes. What are we talking about today? Well, that's good because I'm really prepared. So maybe it'll just be a conversation with myself. (laughs) Okay, what are we actually learning about? So I thought I'd run through my 12 investing tips. Oh, fun. Okay. Mm. These are kind of my go-to things that I look for or that I try to remember when investing. So it's all stuff to look out for. Be aware of it's kind of just like top line tips. Yes, Vic's investing bible. I should. Oh, I think we need to come up with a more jazzy name than yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like the sound of that. Yeah. So they're timeless, simple tips for your investing journey. Did you write that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I think you know what stuff like this is really helpful when it's really clear because I think a lot of the time it's like. Uh, the risk spectrum is very broad. You know, it's all a bit yeah. like It's fluffy. like invest for the long term. Don't take too much risk. Do this. Don't do that. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is like kind of nice because it's like, okay, cool. I can write down these tips mm-hmm. and just stick to them. Yes. Let's start with number one. This is one for you, Soph. I know. Oh, my God. I can just see it. <laughs> number one, start today. <laughs> oh, honestly, I've just been real busy. It's so easy to put stuff like this off, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the biggest response that we always get is, I've just been too busy or I'll do it tomorrow. And there's Having just... thought about it for years but still not done anything. Yeah. And that's what we try to do at The Curve is to give you small bite-sized pieces or bite-sized tips that you can do so it doesn't seem overwhelming so therefore there's not that procrastination so that you can actually start today. It's making it priority Mm. rather than saying this is going to be on my to-do list when I've got nothing else to do. You're always going to be busy so it's it's deciding if you're financial future is something that you do hold as a number one priority or if you're going to continue to put it off. And every day that you don't do something is just another day lost when it comes to making yourself money. And that's due to what we talked about, compound interest. So every day that you you leave it or you don't actually act on it means that you've lost another day of that compound interest. Mm. 
and a day turns into a month, turns into a year, and then, yeah. Well, that's the story of my life, really, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> now, the second one is only invest what you're willing to lose. Now, this is key because a lot of people take on too much risk and therefore invest too much. And then if they do lose it, then they're in a worse financial situation. They get themselves into a bit of a pickle. They do. Pickles, pickles, pickles. So I guess it's looking at your cash flow, looking at what you need from day to day, what you know, what you can actually survive on and be okay with. Mm-hmm. And people always ask us, what amount should I be investing? And that's totally dependent on your financial situation. $50 for someone might be quite a lot. $50 for another person might be quite little. So it totally depends on your financial situation of how much you should be investing. Do you have any advice? This is a slight tangent, classic Sophie. Do you have any advice for people to become a little bit more detached from their money? Because honestly, for me, if I lost $100, I feel like I'd still be a bit gutted. Yes, yeah. And I think the best approach would be to put away a bit for investing or put away a bit to save before you've even got it, if that makes sense. So say you get your paycheck, straight away put money into that, into your savings account, your investment account, because then you've never had it to spend, if that makes sense. So you've, I guess you've got less attachment to it. I just think it's it's like with KiwiSaver, because it's deducted before you even get the money, there's less attachment to it. It's out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind, exactly. Yeah. Also, Investing is about growing money. So try and look at it with a positive mindset and go, okay, I'm putting that $200 away so that it can become $300 in the future. You know, don't don't try and think, I'm putting that $200 away so that it can be zero. I mean, we always harp on about the risks involved in investing and the fact that you can lose all your money. But the reason we're investing is to grow our wealth for the future. So try and look at it that way. Yeah. But what I'm saying with this tip number two is don't go take out a loan to then invest in a really risky investment because you need to be prepared to lose that or don't remortgage your house or take on unnecessary risk because you need to be able to live without that money because there is a risk with investing. I totally see where you're coming from because at first I thought you were talking about just in general small amounts, but you Mm. more mean invest within your means. Yes, don't invest your entire paycheck and then have to eat air (laughs) for the rest of the month. (laughs) Yeah, not a good call. Yeah, just be a bit rational about it. So number three is take a long-term view. Gosh, we haven't heard this one before, have we? No, tell me, please. I've never heard that. (laughs) So this is just in regards to compound interest. That sounds like my favorite word at the moment, but it just means compound interest, you can earn larger and larger returns. So you need to take a long-term view. I've got nothing to add, so we'll move (laughs) on to number four. And it also just means that markets are unpredictable. So your investment is likely to have some volatility and go up and down in the short term, over the long term, depending on what you invest in, but it should it should increase over the long term. So therefore, you have a smoother ride if you take a long-term view. Number four, always consider risk. And this is kind of coming back to number two. Even though the investing is all about maximizing your returns or minimizing your risk, you know, there is an element of risk in investing. And so you could lose some or all of your money. Eek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always consider risk. Yeah. Always consider risk. Number five, diversify. You know what this one means, Soph? I do. It means different asset classes don't have all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. A plus 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 for me. Yeah. <laughs> so diversification means the spreading of risk. 
It's kind of, it's a good way to think of it rather than standing on the edge of a jumping, like a diving board, you know, you're halfway back where you've Mm. got like one foot on either side. So it's like a balanced risk rather than taking all your savings and dumping it into one situation. Mm. It's spreading it across all of these different potential opportunities that could grow or fall. Mm. I think diversifying is actually more fun because you can be like, hey, I want to give you some of my money. I want to give you some of my money. I want to give you some of my money. Instead of being like, oh, okay, I have to give it all to you. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like being in a polyamorous relationship, you know? <laughs> You're dating multiple people at one time. You get the best of both worlds, of all worlds. <laughs> finance is fun, guys. Gosh, I've never thought about finance and polygamous relationships, but yeah. Yeah, So, and it just means that you're less vulnerable to the peaks and troughs of the market or the peaks and troughs of of that company's share price. And it just, again, means you get a smoother ride. Number six is invest in what you know. Some of our avid curve listeners will have heard this one before and will know that it just means that invest in businesses that you understand, invest in businesses that you use or products or services that you use so that you understand what you're investing in a bit better. Yeah, you don't want to be going and investing in something that's just so far beyond your realm of understanding. That Because mm. investing is confusing enough. You want to be able to at least understand Lululemon sells tights or, yes. I don't know, the bakery sells pies. I don't think investing in my favorite bakery is the best investment, but they do have good pies. But you buy a lot of pies from there, I so then you do a lot of research. in one day last week. Can you believe it? We were going to rename the curve the curves. <laughs> it had been a big eating week for both. <laughs> Which is also fine. Fine, fine, fine. It is. So, okay, investing in what you know. Mm. The little test I give myself is, yeah, if I can't explain it to a friend or a family member or give an elevator pitch about the company that I invest in, then I shouldn't be investing. Because then if something goes wrong, you won't understand why because you won't understand the business. And it just it's just unnecessary confusion for you or unnecessary... It's just like another blind spot, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that you don't need. Because also I guess it comes back to if you're wanting to take your money out of the company, if you don't understand what's happening within it and mm. if it's actually having a negative impact or a positive one, besides what's happening with the share price, mm. then you can't probably make an educated decision as to whether or not you keep your money or take it out. Exactly. And there's just so many things to invest in. You don't need to worry about the ones you don't understand. Leave that to someone else. Tech is not something you're going to go near <laughs> Not going near any kind of techie situation. I mean, I've had multiple friends come up to me and they're like, hey, Vic, you know, what about Bitcoin? I don't know anything about it, but everyone's talking about it. And it's just like, oh, gosh, no, 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 no. That is the worst. <laughs> if you don't understand anything about it, then don't invest in it. Yeah. I'm not saying Bitcoin's a bad investment. I'm just saying if you don't understand it, don't invest in it. Number seven. So this one I am definitely guilty of is don't fall in love with the stock. How have you fallen in love with a stock but not a guy? I know. It just sums up my love life, doesn't it? <laughs> You're too obsessed with work. Have you actually become too attached to one I, and then it's, it's I mean, love a- might be a bit of a strong word, but I find if I do a lot of work on a company or on an investment, then you almost have this vested interest and you want to invest in it because uh. you've done so much work and research. But the whole idea of researching a company to invest in is to figure out whether it's a good investment or not. And, and a lot of times you can come out and find that it's not a good investment. But my your mindset is... Well, I've spent 25 hours looking into this exactly. company, so of course I'm going to yeah. go put some money in And you in almost it. have a bias within yourself of, well, I'm only going to look at the good things because I put so much effort. And it's just... Oh my, yeah. it's like, it is like a relationship, though, mm. looking at it with rose-tinted glasses. Because <laughs> yep. you forget all the bad stuff. Exactly, exactly. 
And then if, if you do invest in it, the investment doesn't go well, then you don't want to sell because you've, you've fallen in love with it or you've put so much work into it. You need to remove that attachment. You need to keep looking at it objectively. So not getting emotional or yes. just basically looking at it constantly with a really... With clarity and with... Clear with mindset. An, yeah, with a clear mindset, with an objective view and try to remove the emotion. And it doesn't know that you own it. So it, it doesn't really care <laughs> if you own the stock or not. So I don't reckon it's even that. It's not like you you're sitting there being like, "I love my stock so much." It's probably more. It's more the work side of things. I yeah. think that's a really good example mm. because it's wasted time if you decide to not go with it. I understand we're all busy and we don't have that much time to research. Mm. And by the time you've done it, and you thought it was going to be a good idea, and then you get to the point where you're like on the line of not sure, and mm. really, it probably is a no. Yeah, but it's also not wasted time because you've you've learnt what you shouldn't be investing in, if that makes sense. So try and think of the work, even though you might not make the investment at the end, try and think of it as, well, I've learnt why I shouldn't make that investment. And then you take that learning to the next investment that you look at. And that one might be a yes or no, but you keep learning. Number eight is don't try and time the market. This is one of the biggest mistakes. And again, a question we get asked a lot is, oh, should I invest now or should I wait for a market correction? Or should I wait when markets aren't so expensive or haven't had such a good run? I mean, yes, you could, but you could be waiting a week. You could be waiting 10 years. <laughs> How long is a piece of string? Exactly. And if you are waiting for the market to to, to fall a bit or to correct, you probably won't feel like investing then anyway. You know, I'm pretty guilty of this. I've got money sitting in my Australian account. And when I first got that job and was saving, the Australian dollar was so much stronger, mm. so much stronger. This was maybe five, six, seven years ago. So comparatively, earning 60 grand in New Zealand to 60 grand in Australia was actually way better. Mm. And now it's basically on par and I have my savings over there and I can't bring myself to bring it back because yeah. I know the dollar is basically equal. But actually, the downside of that is that I could have invested that in something like years ago. Exactly. And actually made on it rather than sort of just waiting. Because you're right, it could be 15 years before the Australian dollar increases again. And there's an opportunity cost of, of you. Yeah, like you say, you could have invested it and grown and, and got a much greater return. But it's more around COVID. Great example. A really quick correction. Markets fell was it 30%? Oh, depending on which market you look at, yes, they fell 30% in such a short space of time, but then they rallied back so quickly. If you hadn't timed that perfectly, which a lot of people didn't, if you'd taken your money out... At a pit, think it was going to get even worse. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. So it's just it's just It would have so been people hard. that did that, wouldn't they? Whereas pe more rational people that sat back and thought, no, this is just a correction, markets will bounce back, or look, I'm taking a long-term view, I'm not going to react to, to what's happening in the market, they'll be much better off now. So mm. it's just not getting caught up in... Fluctuations in, of the market. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, when you're waiting for a better entry point, it could be a missed opportunity. 
Just jump. Just take the leap. Just take the leap. And yes, you might take the leap and then markets fall. And you and get you a might belly be, flop. <laughs> and you might be gutted, but just keep in the back of your mind, I'm taking a long-term view. I'm taking a long-term view. You know Brene Brown, and she's like, you've got to be in the arena. You actually just have to, even like Lotto, you've got to be into win. Like if you don't, <laughs> probably not the best analogy when it comes to investing. But the idea that if you're just sitting there watching, mm. well, you're not any better off anyway. So you may as well get stuck in. And you're always going to hear a story of people like, oh, yeah, I invested at the bottom during COVID or I invested at the bottom at the global financial crisis and I've made X, Y, Z. Personally, I think that's opportunistic or luck, to be honest, because nobody knows when the bottom is, just like no one knows where the top is. And that's from a professional, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine is never chase a hot tip. I thought that said never wax your hot lip (laughs) From where I'm sitting. Sorry, I never waxed the top lip. That's what I thought it was. We've got these huge micro. I know I did it the other day. Got many pimples on my upper lip. Oh, Not lovely. ideal. Uh, never chase a hot tip. Yes. So this means don't listen to your hairdresser or your Uber driver, no matter how good his rating is. <laughs> it's just coming back to, again, things we've harped on about before is do your own research. It's just like buying a car. You wouldn't. You wouldn't buy a car without giving it a test drive. Don't invest in something without doing your own research. Or you wouldn't buy a car just because it's the same as your hairdressers and she says it's good. Yeah, exactly. You're making a sacrifice and in investing in something. You want it, you want to understand it. You want to know it. You want you want a holistic to, view on what you're doing. And you want to make that decision yourself. Because that Uber driver, that hairdresser is probably not going to tell you when they're going to sell that stock either. So then you're going to be left left hanging Honestly, <laughs> if I've, it doesn't yeah. work out. So it's just rely on yourself. Can I tell you a quick side note? Mm. I did this once where I listened, I learned the hard way. This wasn't in regards to investing, but I took someone's word as gospel. And she was like, there's these really great workout, pre-workout things that I use and they're amazing and they're clean and natural. And I was like, amazing. Like I was getting up at five in the morning, so super tired. Started taking these pre-workouts and then two months later they were on third degree. They had speed in them and they were taken off the market. And I was like, Oh, oh my god! You're goodness. taking speed every morning. I well, yes, that, but also just <laughs> what? How silly to like listen to what she mm. said rather than going and researching and seeing what ingredients were in it. That was so dumb. And and that, that silly it, it comes back to everything. Anything anyone recommends you, you kind of do your own research, especially if it's to do with your well-being or financial well-being, your your health, like your health, your body, everything. Mm, I mean, exactly. granted, I was like twenty, but still, it was such a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> okay, so don't. Chase a hot tip. Mm. Now we're nearly at the end. Uh, number 10, behave like an owner. Just remember what you're buying. When you're buying a stock, you're buying a part share of that business. So therefore, you're becoming part owner of that business. So again, when you're deciding what to invest in, do your own research and invest in a growing business with a good management team. Number 11, remember, past performance is no indication of future returns. I know this one too. <laughs> This is a really good one because it's real easy to be proud of your achievements or to be like, look at this thing I did. It's all about looking at a stock today and thinking about what it's going to do in the future, not looking and going, oh, whoa, it's it's up 100% in the last 12 months. Therefore, I'm going to invest because that performance is going to continue into the future. Yes, it might, but you need to do the research to understand why and if it is going to do that again in the future. So it's great to know that a stock has done well in the past just because it's 
good to know, I guess, but it's completely irrelevant when you're coming to look forward for whether or not you invest in it. Is that what you mean? Yes, it's it's share prices. But if you look at its earnings or its financial information and say it has consistently delivered earnings growth over a number, a number of years, then that should give you some confidence that it will do that in the future because that management team has driven that company to achieve those consistent returns. But it's just the future's unknown. This tip also comes back to fund managers. So if they've had a really good past year of performance. So this is someone like you, for example? Yes. If I was yeah. looking at your portfolio and you've yeah. done really well. Yeah. There's there's nothing to say that I, I will do that in the future because nobody knows what's going to happen with markets or what's going to happen in the future. But we do say when when you're looking at a fund manager or a KiwiSaver provider and you're trying to choose who to go with, that performance, risk and fees are three things to look at. So you might be a bit confused when we're sitting here, past performance is no indication of future returns. If you're looking at a fund manager and they have consistently delivered on average above 10% for the last 15 years, then that does give you an element of confidence of what you can expect in the future. It just plays into your decision making. It's saying that there's no guarantee of those future returns. And it's like with anything. If you see if you see a billboard on the motorway that says 10% return guaranteed, then you should be asking questions of how they can guarantee that return, particularly if they're investing in the stock market, because that's a very high return to be able to guarantee that. On the flip side, a term deposit, for example, they can guarantee a certain percentage for a set period of time because it's very, very low. So, so it's they like account 1%. for the fluctuations of it being really high and being really low so they know they can guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. And guaranteeing such a low investment means you kind of don't have to do much to get that return, if that makes sense. There should be flashing warning signs if someone's guaranteeing in the future a really high return. Drum roll number 12 is invest in yourself. So this just means take the time to do the research and read about your investment before making the leap. Invest in yourself. Improve your knowledge in investing so therefore you can make better decisions. Spend time learning and getting clued up and, and, and improving your knowledge so that you are continually learning and investing in yourself so that you can make these better and better investment decisions. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. I've made plenty. <laughs> and <laughs> as sad as it sounds and as cliche as it sounds, that's when you learn the most about yourself. I.e. uploading a podcast to <laughs> Acast and Spotify and Apple that has not been edited like I did. Oopsies. <laughs> but it's true. As soon as you do something and you put a foot out of line and you're like, oh, no, I never want to do that again. You mm. do learn from it. Yeah. And when you're learning with investing, it can be hard because you, you may lose money. And that can hit hard, but trust me, that's when you learn the most and you'll be learning about what you did wrong or what you missed in terms of your decision and therefore you'll take that forward when you next make an investment. And also, we've only invested what we're willing to lose, so it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. We should probably um, write these down somewhere, shouldn't we? Yes. So just to summarise... For all of you that are still listening. <laughs> Maybe people want to take notes. Yeah. Number so, one, start today. Number two, only invest what you're willing to lose. Number three, take a long-term view. Number four, always consider risk. Number five, diversify. Number six, invest in what you know. Number seven, don't fall in love with a stock. <laughs> 
Number eight, don't try and time the market. Number nine, never chase a hot tip. Number 10, behave like an owner. Number 11, remember past performance is not an indicator of future returns. And number 12, invest in yourself. I feel like doing a boogie. That was so, we didn't even mess up once. <laughs> we got from 1 to 12 with no hiccups. Very High five good. for us. <laughs> okay, great episode. Thank you so much, Vic. No worries. What are we talking about next time? We're going to start our stock story series. Ooh, this sounds exciting. And this is where Soph picks the stock. Oh, no. And <laughs> as soon as I have a role to play, it's scary. And we discuss my view about whether it should be a buy, a hold, or a sell. Oh, this sounds fun. Mm. Okay. We'll be back next time. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. For more information about The Curve, the work we do, and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve NZ.